Hello everybody, this is Marcus Tuttle. I'm going to be talking about uh, what is the matrix. I've done an oratory on my thoughts on the powers of the state as it relates to property rights in uh, many Western societies, mainly my country of origin, the United States. If you have, uh, if you want to go on your own journey about real estate questions, real estate functions, real estate deals, buying or just learning about it, I go to Simplified Home Sales and click the Ultimate Real Estate Template on the top right. Uh, after you create a Notion account, a free Notion account, you can take my template and copy it into your workspace. And if you have any specific questions on some of the processes or definitions, then you can add mention me to your particular point of interest and I will respond to your to your request or help you as best I can with either clarification or a referral or actual uh, engagement of services uh, totally up to you but regardless of uh, notifying me you can take advantage of the stack of resources that I that I have and and be able to use it as an actionable tool toward your efforts so I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much. Hey everybody, it's Marcus. Welcome back to, I guess what might be called the fifth installment. Fifth? Uh, maybe sixth. Well, anyway, episode six and what's the matrix? Guys, you guys ready to learn about some property rights within a system that you might not even be aware is going on in the background. It's called the state, and uh, maybe you remember that cool Matrix movie. It was it's about a facade draped over the real world by an omnipresent ruler, and just the set of rules that people never questioned and accepted as reality. That's what this essay is about. It's it's the Matrix that we live in. It's the state. It's the rules inside of our capitalist government, and it what rights that we do with have within it and the rules that we have to play within and besides being an awesome movie I, I would not have started thinking more deeply about the set of rules that govern us if it wasn't for the pandemic and the market distortions that have happened with quantitative easing, quantitative tightening uh, inflation and honestly it set me up with a little bit of suspicion toward what the rules really are and just a couple of things before we start. I'm really not going to try to bore you to tears, but this is not the sexy stuff on HDTV. It's not somebody banging into a wall with a sledgehammer to do a wonderful renovation with a famous person. And also, I'd like for you to take it with a grain of salt. I really believe the U.S. has some runway left. I'm, I'm a big fan of this country, and I've taken part in the American dream to some extent. Uh, and I'm not calling for the fall of the United States, but uh, the only the only thing I would hope is that the people that are molding opinions that I hope they I wish they'd talk about what unites us instead of what divides us. That would kind of be a big help. And I wish there was some way, some way that we could talk about a smaller government, because what we have is, um, I think, conservatively called an overreach by the state government and 
the corporate lobbies that have all the attention of the lawmakers and those with the most money get access to power. That's totally uh, doesn't feel fair, I'll just say that. But I'd just like to talk about property rights as one of the things that you can exercise within the system to pursue your economic freedom and to look back on history and see what see why everybody wanted to come to the United States is, is for property ownership and and um, a government for the people. And I hope to shine a light on what the state is and how to use your rights to your advantage. So let's do it, right? Let's let's strap in. Let's see if we can understand a little bit what I'm talking about or allow me to make my point. Uh, the housing commodity market is known affectionately as the real estate market. It ebbs and flows according to several factors of a commodity market, like uh, let's say pricing. Pricing has uh, a price to rent ratio. So divide them. One of the formulas is to divide the median yearly rent, the medium home price by the yearly rent to get the price to rent uh, ratio. And then you can compare different areas to see if it might be conducive to trying to buy a property. And of course, Mortgage rates are on everybody's uh, news feed. And uh, the absorption rate. So we can use metrics to decide if it's the the current conditions are conducive to trying to get a house. But uh, the absorption rate is the amount of supply of houses set against how many houses are selling each month. It's a real simple formula. Uh, it, and you come up with a number that it kind of gives you an idea whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. And it's not an exact science, but just some metrics to help you not be foolish about uh, attempting to purchase property. But a private property ownership is a right that's available to you. And the conditions around financing and commodity pricing, uh, that's one thing. And the simple fact of owning property is another thing altogether. Um, it's a civic philosophy. It's been around for thousands of years. Um, but the historical explanation is largely left out of any real estate discussions that I know about. But home prices, that's what makes the news. And the metrics surrounding that are housing starts, uh, housing, new housing permits, and even job, jobless claims that these, these metrics, financial types use to predict the status and health of the economy. But the right to own real property is just a pillar of Western capitalist societies. It's even traced back to the Persian Empire, like 600 BC. Um, the Persian Empire was highly developed, but it was eventually conquered by the Macedonian Alexander the Great, and he ruled it for a few hundred years. But there's influences upon the Persian the Persian Empire influence uh, today. Let's just even um, the Postal Service, they had set up communication routes in, in three three different continents. But can we compare our modern times to ancient Persia? Well, I don't know, but we can trace uh, private property ownership back to then. And with a little imag- imagination, we can compare our times to them. There's um, a book out there, it's called The Richest Man in Babylon, but one of the tenets of a happy life is to create a home that you can enjoy for your family. So I guess with a little imagination, we can compare our times to them. 
Uh, but are the property rights in the U.S. special in any way? Uh, well, they've started to kind of model ours in Western Europe and other places. But when the Constitution was started and there was the United States declared independence, there are a lot of migrants that came from Europe to escape the feudalism there. And the land over there is called a fief, and it was ruled by a lord and a person that was kind of attached to the land, to either to farm it or uh, use it, live on it, was a vassal. That's who the Lord granted possession. And you can look it up. It's even extended into the 1850s, long after the United States was in business. But they caught uh, people sought freehold ownership in North America. And private property ownership was viewed as a way to achieve economic freedom. And our Constitution protects private property ownership. Uh, there's even a recent metric that the net worth of somebody that owned property compared to those who didn't was about 40x bigger. Uh, this was um, I, this was a National Association of Realtor Economists who said that, and I didn't try to debate that at all, just accepted it. But uh, a couple ways that it is, you're forced to save money by paying your mortgage down and paying off your debt. Uh, that's a store of value, and it adjusts for inflation because the houses uh, kind of keep place with the inflation rates of the United States. So paying down, uh, fixing your housing expense and having a forced savings is the obvious way to me that you can get ahead. And uh, you'll just um, have a fixed housing expense and then one day pay it off. And what I think is that even though the, the way the United States has influenced the globe in a lot of ways, I think the founders left us some Easter eggs to limit the control of the state. And I'm going to get on the topic of the state in a minute. But they, the founders, they were real aware of what an overreaching state would do. And I really think that they 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 put some things in there to help us out if we could keep this thing going as it was a big experiment but uh the easter eggs i'm talking about are the constitution the bill of rights just like the freedom to assemble separating the church and state so the state didn't wrap their propaganda up in god or or religious affairs and even the right to bear arms i know that's heavily debated but i suspect just personal opinion here that and they didn't want a government to get too powerful. Uh, and this was all written into the, this, the fabric of this new government as tools against the state that would control the citizenry. Uh, but those, those rights were granted in the Bill of Rights. And I think it's important to consider the spirit in which they were written because uh, they did the best they could. They took best practices from what they understood and... They obviously debated it and came up with the constitutions that's worked thus far. And it's right now, I'd like to take a little detour and talk about what the state is. And I make a comparison of that with the matrix because it's really all around us. And uh, before I describe the state, let me just re reiterate that property rights are a pillar of a capitalist society. Uh, and I think it's because the interest of the state and the individual align, um, meaning the state gets its tribute 
taxes and uh, increasing and individual fees that come with the transfer. And I really think the U.S. has done property ownership as well as anyone. So why does that, why does that uh, matter when I'm going to talk about the state? Well, it's because it's one of the rights that you do have. It is one of the ways that you can get ahead in the world. And it, as well as it has intrinsic value because you can go live in it. But uh, the state, the state's a broad term for the personnel inside the political re regimes. And that's not just in the United States, that's worldwide. And they exist now, and they've obviously existed in the past. And I suspect they'll exist in the future. And those are the people that create and enforce the laws, as well as some other manipulations that require either our acceptance or passive resignation to the rule of the state. You might have heard that death and taxes as the only absolutes or guarantees in life. And when you start to look at this dynamic, I think that you'll have a new framework for filtering the day's news because largely it's crap. Because any kind of political talk that talks about one side versus the other is a bit of a moot point because they're all on the side of the state. And that's just it. There's a couple ways that man gets what they, he desires. And it can do it through economic means with a free market and a limited government that just enforces the peaceful cooperation of the people and enforces fraud laws. That's kind of important. Or man can get what he wants through a political means, and that's what the state does. Uh, they can do it by seizure, by force and violence. Just think of uh, a property tax sale. Try not paying your taxes and see what happens to your property. It gets seized and it gets sold. That's what happens if you don't pay your taxes. And then they've systemized this process of our given territory. Think about uh, the IRS and their employees and, and all of the commerce that is surrounding uh, the government receiving their tribute. And uh, just production precedes the predation. We have to produce make an income, trading time for money, or profits, the government's quick to tax those. You know, you might remember uh, The Godfather where Don Corleone takes a tax for protection. This is uh, something similar, if I would reduce it to one simple term. And it, the state also lowers the incentive for production, like price controls or tariffs. And... I believe that's to manipulate the trade between countries and influence the currency's value. And I do believe that the that the state figured out that they could plunder longer. I think the state, the current uh, iteration of the state, is just like the barbarian ruler that would go attack a place and then leave. They figured out they could they could figure out how to live within the society. They could. Uh, take more money. But I guess you could say that it's conspiratorial or nonsense, but I, I really wouldn't have paid attention to any of this if, it, if there just wasn't this constant bell ringing of different things. And now it just caused me to do more research on the state. And 
I guess it's new and maybe not nuanced, but it, something about it caused me to think that it was uh, somehow true. Um, and now I can't hear anything about infighting or political associations that just don't make me think that I can categorize it, categorize it as the workings of the state. So I don't want to harp on it too long, and I do want to uh, offer you to take it with a grain of salt because uh, I don't think of myself as a conspiracy theorist, but we're talking about property rights. What right do we have within the system to get ahead? I don't want to revolt or do anything goofy, but I, again, understand the rules of the game. And I, I would ask you to consider the good parts of this regime to take advantage of the rights that we do have. And we can look at history to, to see some iterations of the state and think about why they fell. And it's just uh, a parallel. There's striking resemblance to what, what do you hear on the news? Uh, let's take Persia. It started in the 6th century B.C. until well after uh, the, the um, uh, after death uh, time. It lasted until the 20th century, but uh, it did get invaded by Alexander the Great. But what caused it to fall? Inflation money devaluation, and of course the invasion. Uh, Rome, from the 6th century B.C. until 400 A.D., the the government was uh, bankrupt. They had extended themselves across their colonies and, and cities that they conquered. But it was inflation, money devaluation, and invasion. They got invas- invaded by the Visigoths, and, and there was the whole... Western Rome and Eastern Rome. Then there was Greece from the 12th century BC to 600 AD. They had these different city-states that could never have a, uh, their power wasn't centralized, it was segmented. And the poor classes there started to rebel against the aristocracy and the wealthy. And those city-states had different governors and changed alliances. And their colonies, they had a similar culture, but they didn't have a strong, they didn't have strong, I guess, uh, agreements to protect each other or work together. They didn't have strong allies. And then, of course, Rome came to power and knocked them off the top. In recent modern times, there was the Dutch Empire. They dominated. They had superior navy, but they got exhausted and overextended by long land wars and its fleet wasn't being taken care of, and it, it's a colonial empire. It stagnated and got eclipsed by England. You know why? Because they used their cheap labor. British was The British were the labor for the Dutch and built their fleet. That was the cheap labor. But they took their technology and their labor, and they built their own fleet. And in 1795, the Republic collapsed under a democratic revolution and more invading French armies. Then there was the British Empire. What took them down? It was it was debt. It was overextended um, by uh, World War One and World War Two, and then uh, America held their debt and created the dollar as the world currency at the 
Bretton Woods Conference. Pardon me. So we've got the United States Empire from 1776 until hopefully a long time from now. But back to the state. That's previous iterations, uh, very similar things that happened within them to uh, weaken their production and overextend the government with wars. And that's a major thing that that the state wants to do is to maintain their their spot as king of the hill and they have to go to war sometimes to protect them their their operations but who are the actors in the state well there's the organized leaders of our central government and their personnel then there's the enforcers like the military and the police and the penal system then there's the judiciary judiciary and then the intelligentsia so um the judiciary they're appointed by the state to to judge the citizens that run afoul the rules and laws of the land but they also approve on the higher level like the supreme court i can't help but to believe that some of it is to approve the actions of the state they they have to approve the actions of the state and report to the public that what they're doing is just and right and according to the law. And I'll highlight that with the quote by Upton Sinclair, the author and political candidate. He just said that it's difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on his not understanding. So the salaries of the ju- judiciary depend on approving the state's action. They're going to find a way to do it. That's what I think anyway. And then the intelligentsia, they're complicit because they mold opinions. They mold the opinion for the society. And it's pretty clear that the state needs them, and I'm not sure why they need the state. And then the corporate influence, that unholy alliance that caused Dwight Eisenhower to caution us to beware the military-industrial complex. And I think that's because they get the ear. They promise campaign contributions and money for influence. And the multinational corporations and the huge, huge corporations, the Amazon, the Googles, uh, you can bet that they lobby and donate money to to um, politicians' campaigns. And then there's professional lobbyists. The, those people from business that influence legislation and regulation and other government decisions on behalf of their their um, their rulers or their their bosses and they just catch the ear of politicians and get to work influence on them and they do that with money and influence as well so i'm going to come back to property rights but only a couple more points that to talk about the state uh the state uh consider Consider that they sometimes combine the, your love for your homeland with their agenda and imagery. Just think about how many flag-waving politicians there are. And then they can uh, make us afraid with our patriotism, like uh, those other guys are attacking our American way of life. And they can uh, maintain their control by uh, 
Well, I remember uh, some campaign speech of Barack Obama where he just said, he was talking about the fat cats on Wall Street, which is just a clear pejorative against profit. And I'm sure he has insight into economics, but uh, that statement makes me think that he may not have had much insight into economics, or at least he was playing to the people who don't have a lot of insight into economics. Then they... um, the state is big on tradition where we venerate our past rulers. And science, they use science like uh, our fractional reserve banking system and the Keynesian multiplier effect. It's not important that you understand it, but these things where they, the state shows us their legitimacy, right? But it's real important to understand you're not part of the state. And Murray Rothbard said that if you were part of the state, if you were actually the state, then a million, millions of German Jews would have committed suicide if the people within a regime are actually part of the regime. So back to property rights. Let's talk about it, okay? The state may have devalued our money, engaged in decades-long wars, shipped our manufacturing base to foreign shores, and even funded social programs to trade for votes and to maintain control. What do we do? Well, you've got to understand them as uh, one of the rights that we do have in this regime. And they exist, uh, our rights exist within the laws and customs of the state. And we transfer ownership. We do this with um, transferring deeds. And we do that at the courthouse within the legal system. And let's just admit to ourselves that we got to pretend. We pretend each other owns the property. We write papers and we file it in the courthouse and companies write insurance policies that agree that we own it and that they would defend us against our our ownership against somebody if they challenged it. And... We all agree that we own it, and others don't. Uh, well, it's like we pretend together, and based on that, based upon that deed, we pretend everybody to, pretends that we own it. But don't get too excited about it because we pay for it with tiny pieces of paper that we pretend have value too. So I said that to illuminate that that our property rights exist to the relative ruling regime. It depends on the stability of our government, right? The state falls, and what happens to those pieces of papers that says you own private property? So, in that case, you may want to take a moment and appreciate what you got in this country. Um, I guess I'll just give my opinion right now that I wish we had more national unity. Whoever's putting forth the media, uh, mainstream media and otherwise, seems to be really focusing on our differences rather than our similarities. And uh, don't forget that Rome was destroyed from within. And one of the, oh, I said it before, but one of the main reasons was because they got financially overextended. They devalued the money. There was inflation. And a lack of a common identity. People started bailing out and going to the country and building their own farms and making their own communities. But I really don't want to be too negative and would 
like to turn this toward the positive for a moment. You know, a lot of problems, or some problems, they stem from government intervention, but uh, I'll just say that life is a lot better than it was a hundred years ago, and I think you can find the information that, that proves that. But if you don't think it's improving, people are, it's probably because people are biased toward the negative, and progress goes unnoticed largely. And I like Charlie Munger for a few different reasons, but he said that I can't change the fact that a lot of people are very unhappy and feel abused after everything's improved about 600% because there's still somebody who has more. And I'll blame the media, the fractured media for that. So back to the sunny side. We live in a republic. Our founders understood how screwed up it could get from their previous rulers. But some of the same problems plague us. And that's big government, high taxes, and what feels like increasing internal social struggles. Uh, if I was an evil genius, I think I probably would have invented social media to put out a bunch of distractions. But I think it's helpful to start to talk about the powers of the state and what it is. We allow a small number of people to live among us and prey on our production and govern us. And uh, I've heard it said that the state is the small group of people have a monopoly on, excuse me, uh, compulsion and coercion. Uh, and it's for money and power, believe it or not. And um, state overreach, it might seem unrelated to property rights, but again, it's real helpful to understand the water you're swimming in or the air that you're breathing because the matrix is all around us. Um, but, you know, property rights go along with money and commerce and economics. Those are uh, real soon after you talk about property rights. And soon after you acquire your property rights, you're going to find out that the state shows up for their tribute, either in the transfer or um, property taxes. So, we just got to be aware. Let's keep our eyes open. Uh, but can we get behind what's good about this country? It was really founded on the idea that it didn't want an oppressive government. And it's my hope, it really is, as a citizen, that we focus on the rights that we have within our, our that are available to us in this state. And private property ownership has several benefits. Um, not only does it enriches financially, but it strengthens our nation because stability of the middle and working class historically creates uh, wealth and just internal in intrinsic strength of the population. And we do have a republic for by and of the people, right? But uh, I can't help but think that the state is just uh, getting stronger and more far-reaching. But I don't think we can rely on their words. We just have to judge what their actions are. Um, remember, Bill Clinton challenged the word is. So enough of that. Can we talk about a few details about property rights? Uh, your rights within the law relate to the air rights, the surface rights, and the subsurface rights. And you've got a little acronym that you can remember to understand what your rights are, uh, depending on your deed, right? 
but you can possess. You can possess the land, give it to your decedents, uh, but you got to have that right to possess it, right? The, the deed references what type of title you possess. You can use a property. You can build on it. You can occupy it. You can mine it. As long as you don't have restrictions to your deed or belong to a community with a bunch of covenants. And you can transfer it. You can sell it. You can give it. and do whatever you want with it. You can transfer it. So that's P-U-T. Now the two E's. You can encumber. You can put it up as collateral for mortgages as many times as somebody will let you. And the last E, you can exclude people. You can tell people to get off of your property. That's one of the rights that you have. And again... There are possessory and non-possessory rights uh, that depend on your deed. And uh, the difference between real estate and land, real estate is the land and the man-made effects on top of it. Uh, and uh, what rights you have depend on what your title says, what your deed says, because your parcel is probably a couple hundred years old when we started keeping records and selling it off. And the original... Theoretically, the original parcel extended to the earth center and out into the heavens. But it's probably been subdivided down. Um, and they've changed the rules. Doesn't extend it to the sky forever. Just up until the, where the planes travel. But, uh, again, the, this bundle of rights adheres to the three separate parts. And that's the surface, the subsurface, and the air rights. And, Outside of that, there's also water rights. So there's water on your property and you're trying to use it to drink and bathe in. Um, I would assume, I'm not going to wait into there to see what happens if you got a well, but uh, I'm sure it's different. But whether or not your property butts up to a body of water, whether it's a river or a lake, whether that river is navigable, uh, this does affect your property lines and Water rights are just a conversations for a later time. But um, further than that, how does the government control your ownership? Well, the federal government passes discrimination laws like fair housing to stop discrimination against protected classes. And they also pass laws for environmental protection and regulation. Uh, the state government on the state level, it regulates the real estate industry and then they leave it up to local governments to levy property taxes and control uses according to the customary practices of the area. And uh, if you're still questioning the power of the state, uh, property taxes, the state tribute must be paid before anybody else gets paid. If something is sold or a liquidation happens like a bankruptcy, the property taxes stand in front of everybody else. The mortgage company, uh, any federal taxes, any other liens, the property taxes get paid first. So when you own property, uh, the state gains by getting their transfers, fees, and income taxes. But when you own property, you get benefits as well. Uh, fixed expenses for housing and a forced savings account as a store of value. And you get to create a stable home for your family uh, or a tangible asset that you can put into commerce for rent or you can leverage it to purchase something else you want. But that's what I'm uh, attempting to illuminate on this 
uh, sixth episode is what is the state and what are your rights according uh, related to property rights within the state and the government so uh, that's really all I wanted to say I want to thank you for sticking with it for thus far and I hope you'll listen next time so uh, thank you so much I'll see you next time